So welcome to this podcast with Magdalena, the chair of TRAN. My name is Katharina. I'm a media team member of Zurich 2021. And Magdalena, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. My name is Magdalena, as you lovely introduced me already. I will be turning 20 this year, which I'm still not able to admit. <laughs> I'm a student. I I come from Poland, but I, I am currently studying in Innsbruck, Austria. I'm doing my bachelor in business and management. What I also want you to know about me is that I come from a very small village in Poland, which is, in my opinion, very important for me as a chairperson of this specific committee, because I did have to face some of the consequences of inappropriate and inefficient um, urban mobility in my regions. And yeah, that's something I really want to talk about. And that's why I'm here. And what else? Um, I started my EYP career three years ago in 2018. And I did both digital and physical sessions. And nowadays, with the with everything that's going on around us, I think digital sessions are something that can bring us all together. And I'm very happy to be chairing this committee and participating in this session. Okay, lovely. So what is your committee exactly about and why did you decide to be the chairperson of the TRAN committee? Yeah, um, I am chairing TRAN, which is, which is a committee on transport and tourism. And our main topic that we will be covering is urban mobility, like I mentioned. And urban mobility is basically anything that concerns enabling people to move around urban areas easy. So it's not only like public transportation, but it's like infrastructure, uh, biking lanes, traffic, the amount of fumes uh, produced by, by cars in cities, pavements, and like everything that concerns you as a citizen that is moving across the city. And we will be covering the topic of urban mobility and sustainable, affordable, and accessible urban mobility, which unfortunately is lacking in most of the European countries and cities. So um, what I think is important to mention right now is that we have to really try to make, make, make an effort to contribute to building a better future, to like solving the problems that we're facing right now because it's not going to get better with time. We have to start acting and this is how we do it. So which impact do you think does the urban mobility aspect of traffic in general have on, for example, CO2 emissions and the climate in general? Well, as we all know, um, vehicles produce enormous, enormous amounts of um, um, carbon dioxide and um, basically the greenhouse gases. And as a result, the climate is not getting better. It's only getting worse, more um, unpredictable. We can observe the seasons during the year not necessarily being how we are used to them being like. And yeah, the um, what I also want you to know is that, for example, United Nations already noticed that there is a 
um, very negative impact of poor infrastructure in, in, in cities. And one of the sustainable development goals, for example, is sustainable and eco cities, green cities, basically. Because what is terrifying to me is that there were 4.2 million of premature deaths caused by strong air pollution in cities. And this is something we really need to talk about because it concerns us directly because we live in urban areas and our air is getting worse and worse and the climate is getting worse and worse and the the implications will uh, concern everybody, not just the urban citizens. Okay, so is this the only aspect or the only problem that drew you to the topic or is there other aspects you think are very important and you would like to point out? Um, besides like the worsening air quality, there is noise pollution in cities. Like, I don't know if you know that, but one of the major reasons of people moving to urban areas is they, um, is that they want to improve their life uh, quality. And with the increasing um, traffic congestion, noise congestion and noise pollution in cities, that um, standard, that quality of life, life that everybody is seeking is deteriorating. So it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like a paradox to me. So like we are going, we are moving um, to urban areas to improve our standard of li- uh, quality of life. But at the same time, we are contributing to making it worse. And um, besides, like I said, traffic and noise pollution, there is also inefficient urban planning. And the infrastructure that we have so far, um, all of that um, contributes to us basically losing time in traffic and trying to commute and get around the city because it's an, it's inefficient. And because it's inefficient, we lose time that we could spend on doing something else. Um, for example, we spend almost a whole, more than a whole day, than a whole day, 28 hours per year, we spend that in traffic. So that's like a, a huge amount of time that we could use doing something else, but we cannot because the infrastructure in the cities, uh, in cities is not, is not acted upon, is not um, corrected by any means. And that's something I also um, think is important when looking at the topic we're discussing. So in your topic overview, you pointed out that there is a huge gap between the traffic plans or traffic infrastructure in LICs or in HICs. Yeah, high income and low income countries. Exactly. And so my question is, which methods could there be to implement slow traffic options, for example, in LICs? Yeah, it all depends on the type of urban settlements um, that we have in different countries that we're talking about. Because, for example, there can be low-income countries that have very built up and um, very densely built up cities and urban areas. And with that, there is a need for low traffic zones um, to cut down not only the emissions, but the amounts of cars, the traffic and all of the implications of it. Uh, but there are also low income countries and you can either even observe that in high income countries that um, new cities are built in a more structured and a well-planned way so that there is no 
need to implement the low traffic zones because somebody that was planning and building the city and allowing to the city to um grow um basically already predicted that there will be consequences of having a lot of citizens there so like they already started impl- uh, they started already implementing um ideas for a sustainable urban mobility so it all depends whether it's for example an uh, an old city that is a, a problematic case in um in our topic because old cities uh are already built up so like how can you implement new infrastructure when it's already like buildings um next to buildings next to buildings there is not much space that you can fit for example biking lanes or new bus lanes to relieve the traffic so um it all depends on the type of urban settlement we're talking about whether it's an old one or a new one or wh- and whether it's a well planned one or the one that like came to life very spontaneously uh without anybody supervising how the new infrastructure was built and that is something we should take into consideration when talking about solutions and this is something that can also cause um difficulties in creating a good resolution for our topic because we have to find a uniform um solution for every city and with that much diversity among cities it's going to be difficult to find something that will fit everything everybody every city every every city every country um but will also um help relieve all of the problems coming from inefficient urban mobility yeah i'm really interested in seeing what you will come up with also with your committee also the tram committee has the word tourism in it so my question is as well how and also how heavily does tourism impact urban traffic yeah for a lot of countries in europe tourism constitutes for a big chunk of their gdp during the year now with corona I, I, everybody knows that it's a bit different but usually it used to be like that that during um you know a high season there there was uh, there were a lot of tourists visiting those countries and those important sites in different cities uh and by that contributed to an increased um traffic and congestion and as a solution um i would suggest we should think about the temporary solutions and ways of helping helping relieving that congestion during the high season for example by organizing maybe like seasonal buses or like route special routes for the tourists or like building more infrastructure around those like popular places among tourists there are, it it all depends on the area and the landscape around uh, what uh, around this site we're talking about because for example like coastal areas when like are for example let's say countries in the mediterranean basin coastal areas are occupied during high season right during summer uh, pe- people are uh, going to the beaches and there are no spaces left uh, at the parking uh, lots for example around those more those most popular beaches so for example in that case a solution would be to come up with the temporary bus um bus line for the tourists to go around those like popular places without actually having to um take your own car with you or like implementing limitations like they have with like tourists in Venice right 
they're not um, necessarily about cars, but mostly about the numbers of tourists entering Venice during high season. And that's something we also have to consider, even though it's limiting um, the profit we can gain from um, admitting tourists to those sites. But at the same time, we have to preserve the comfort for everybody that's, that is visiting that. So there has to be a balance between the profit we want to have from it and the comfort we want the tourists to be provided with. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that there are different urban traffic plans which are implemented in different cities. In your topic of review, you also wrote about the new traffic plan in Vilnius. Do you want to elaborate on this shortly for the audience maybe, so they know what it is all about? Uh, yeah, what Vilnius mostly did is that they focused on the time uh, for the traffic lights. They changed that, shortened that, so that the, because, for example, at the most congested um, crossings and intersections, um, there were a lot of cars during, for example, after work hours, you know, when everybody wants to go home. There were like so many cars that it was, it, you, you had to spend a ridiculous amount of time to to actually get um get through that like crowded points so they for example changed the times of the traffic lights shortened them so like more people will be coming through um and um for example they also excluded some of the areas in the old town for um not only for the old cars that uh, pollute the city but also uh, for the um, noisy ones i think And um, yeah, they closed some of the routes through the old city to limit the number of cars going through there or just uh, came up with like um, different ways of going around the old city. Uh, and yeah, what this uh, case, the city of Vilnius uh, can show us is that there is not one solution that has to be implemented. There have to be changes done Uh, in every aspect of the of the urban mobility infrastructure around the city. It's not just that we, for example, add one biking lane and that's it. Or we, for example, cut down the um, amount of cars that can enter, for example, the uh, old city center. It's not like that. We have to think about multiple different areas where we can find tiny bit of uh, room for improvement. So... Um, Yeah, I think Vilnius is a really good example of implementing multiple changes in order to um, make the urban mobility more sustainable and accessible for everybody. Mm -hmm. So basically, the I think I maybe you can tell me if you don't agree, but the number of cars that circulate on the roads are the biggest problem maybe of urban traffic yeah so i would definitely agree that cars um contribute to to the to the problems we have to face uh, with urban mobility right now it they and they can and they constitute for a big chunk of it but they're not the only problem the problem lays also within the public transportation or rather lack of it in most of the cities and Even if there is public transportation, there are often delays and the um, the buses are of not the best quality and they're also producing um, carbon dioxide and by that contribute to like 
uh, worsening our climate so and like worsening the air pollution so solution would be for example like um hybrid vehicles right half elect half uh, electric half fueled um vehicles which can um help decrease the air pollution in the cities uh but will not exclude people that use public transportation because we cannot just get rid of all of the buses right but making them um hybrid for example um half electric ones it's also a solution or investing in biking lanes i think recently like there has that the trend of like biking and moving around the city with your own bike has been on the on the rise at least to to my um to my knowledge from what i observed in like the social media and like from the trends um around among my friends is that everybody uh starts using bikes and in some cities it is very safe to to ride your bike on the street because there is like i said a separate bike lane right just for you um where you can feel safe but there are cities that don't offer that and how are you supposed to switch from your car or public transportation to like a sustainable um method which is biking when you don't have infrastructure for it so every coin has two sides right so you have to think both ways and you have to start thinking outside the box because sometimes the solutions we have right now are not necessarily the best ones so we have to keep improving because it's only going to get worse if if we don't do anything but i think there are still many many people who do like their comfort or the comfort they have in their car so do you have any ideas maybe how you can make them move over to biking or public tra- transportation or other less polluting alternatives um of course of course there are people that will still in the end prefer the comfort of your own car i think everybody in the end wants to be as comfortable as possible but i think first of all spreading the awareness of how dangerous for our planet using you know cars um is and like uh sharing and making people more aware of the importance of thinking not only of your own comfort but also of how your actions are impacting the environment so first of all spreading the awareness sure but um there is also an, an option which is often an expensive one but for example in india there are like bigger companies organize buses for their employees that that um so that they can be picked up from like areas around the city so the employees don't have to use their own cars to get to work um this also involves a vehicle right so like producing few car like car fumes but it's just uh fumes from one bus instead of like multiple cars so that's also a solution that can be implemented it's of course uh it it, it of course depends on the company but it's something that can be done so it's not that there is a situation with no solution to it there's there's something we can do you just have to think outside the box and besides spreading the awareness or or encouraging such um such practices among businesses you can for example incentivize people for like having your own bike so like giving like governmental grants to people to buy invest in a bike i think that those grants already exist for example for electric cars 
So we can also uh, help people, like the governments can also help people with, by giving them money for, for example, investing in a bike or for investing in infrastructure or just, um, for example, this is also a very popular practice, discounts for long-term um, public transportation tickets. There are a variety of solutions and choices you can make to, to help improve the urban mobility we're talking about. Okay, so Magdalena, thank you very much for your interesting input on the very important topic that urban mobility is. I think we can learn a lot from you and I think your delegates have a wonderful chair and can look forward to the session. <laughs> of course. Of course, it's something um, that we all have to face. It's something inevitable and it's, like I said, It's only going to get worse if we don't start acting now. And the changes are not only up to the governments or the corporations. They are up to ourselves. Like you have the power to change something. Like with small everyday changes, you can start contributing to a better tomorrow. So let's just start doing now. Let's start acting now. And... Yeah, I'm so happy that we had this conversation because I think we sh it should be talked uh, about more often because it's something that exists, but it's not really um, something that you hear um, around. So yeah, let's just spread more awareness about this and maybe hopefully um, the future will not be so <laughs> dark for us. <laughs> okay, so thank you very much, Magdalena.